0: It's almost
1: time, kids. The clock is ticking.
0: The boogeyman is coming. He's gonna get you. 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 He's gonna get you.
2: Welcome to the now-playing Halloween Retrospective Series. I'm only trying to give America a good show. Hosted by Stuart. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up. Arnie. I prayed that he would burn in hell, but in my
0: heart, I knew that hell would not happen. him.
2: And Brock. One must remember not to be fooled by his calm, unassuming facade. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Due to the current release of Rob Zombie's new Halloween movie, H2, we will be watching and reviewing all of the films in the Halloween series.
1: These eyes will
2: deceive you. A warning, these conversations will be spoiler-filled, and as the movies are R-rated, there may be some objectionable language.
1: Every other word you
0: say is either hell or shit or damn. Trick or treat, motherfucker!
2: Today we're talking about Halloween 4... The return of Michael Myers. This is Brock, co-host of Now Playing.
0: This is Stuart in L.A. And this is Arnie in Illinois, just a bit south of Haddonfield.
1: Which (laughs) is actually established this time. We finally actually learned the exact location of Haddonfield in this installment. And it is 200 miles from Chicago. So it is where I live. Yes. We grew up in Haddonfield, Stuart. That was what I was most impressed with, was that my (laughs) instincts, watching Halloween, watching my mother be terrorized by Halloween. Uh, We're correct. The killer was trying to get me.
2: Well, this movie opens up 10 years after the first movie on October 30th, 1988. And I guess we should start off right off the bat by saying this movie starts with Donald Pleasance in Halloween 4. And I thought the dude died. Uh, You guys told me a couple of podcasts ago that he survived. So why on earth did Donald Pleasance come back for Halloween 4 when his character clearly was killed in episode 2?
0: Well, Michael Myers was equally clearly killed in episode so two, right?
2: But Michael Myers is the epitome of evil. He is cannot he cannot be killed. He he has been established as a supernatural creature, so to speak, in this series, whereas Donald Pleasance is just, you know,
0: a boozed up guy, you know? Well, has he really been established as supernatural? We know that he's been shot several times and seems unstoppable, but in Halloween one and two, beyond his seeming imperviability, there's nothing supernatural per se
1: uh i i'm gonna split the difference here i think he has a relentlessness that goes beyond human it's superhuman, but they clearly show in part two that he can be hurt that he is limited by the body and uh sustaining injuries and as we proceed into this one uh that becomes less and less true he is just yes. more like the energizer bunny uh anything you do to him it has no effect and uh keeps going i I mean you ask why general pleasance is here let's not forget the very first credit we see mustafa Akkad, mm. the, the great auteur <laughs> mustafa Akkad, <Yeah. laughs> the real force behind the halloween series not halloween the movie but the halloween series is mustafa Akkad, who you know had the rights and made this without john carpenter well
0: In Carpenter's defense, he sort of wanted to be involved, but Mustafa kept saying, no, if we're making this movie, Michael must be brought back to life.
1: And Carpenter said, forget it, I'm done. He wanted to do it as Michael as a ghost. No, uh, you're wrong. It wasn't Michael as a ghost. Uh, The idea was that it's the town haunted in the aftermath. What does a town that had a bloodbath 10 years ago look like and what's going to happen to it then? I think the idea was, and it's one that I like, certainly more than this movie's idea, is that the shape, the embodiment of evil, returns to Haddonfield uh, in a different form. And so that we're not dealing with Michael Myers, we're dealing with another incarnate of evil. Interesting
2: interesting because they do play along with that a little bit towards the end but we'll get there we'll get there um maybe i'm crazy maybe you guys didn't see this but to me this movie is pretty much a remake of the first halloween in a lot of ways except without the clever shots and the in the originality of it
0: i think the remake by its nature lacks the originality
2: yeah good point so basically it's kind of like a rehash of the first movie this one and it 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 seems to follow the same steps as the first one but again without the cool pov shots that were so great i mean they have a a couple of them in here, but they really no. don't feel as the same. They don't feel the same at all, really. But do you do you think it's pretty much the same movie again?
1: I agree with what you're saying in that it feels like they just redid everything that they had done before, but it's all wrong. There is not one shred of anything that I liked about the original in this movie. You mentioned a couple of the POV shots. That's the one that I missed the most. Is the DP, the director of photography, Dean Cundy, did all three? Should even the weirdo third movie was all photographed by him and there is a consistency in the way that the movie looks. And in this one, right from the get go, I'm like, what is with this bright lighting and the colorfulness of the frame? I mean everything is so overlit and there's no handheld, there's no steady cam, there's no. no POV shots. It is like they had no idea how the original three were made or looked or anything. They just <laughs> knew that it had a guy in a white mask trying to kill a girl. And that's all that Mustafa Akkad cared about was that we have Michael Myers again and he's going to terrorize more girls. Here's the thing. I don't think this is a redo of the first movie so much as it is that
0: now it's a formula. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like they're intentionally trying to mimic the steps. They're sitting there and going, what is the Michael Myers formula? The Friday the 13th formula is horny high campers go to camp, awaken Jason, get killed. The Michael Myers formula from the first two is Michael Myers escapes the sanitarium and goes after his relative. So it it was formulaic but I don't think that they were trying to say, let's start over and kind of do a mini reboot that's a continuation but now there's a new protagonist in the role of Jamie who is the daughter of Laurie Strode and she is seven in this movie, meaning three years after the original two Halloween movies, Laurie Strode was at least having a kid, maybe not married, we know she eventually got married, but she had a kid three short years after Halloween where she was in high school.
1: Babies having babies. Not only was she in high school, she hadn't even gone on a date. Yes. She didn't talk to boys. It's well established <laughs> that he did. she did anything to avoid contact with boys and was furious at her friends for even implying that she should go out on a date with a guy. And now all of a sudden we're supposed to believe that she is an unwed mother mother. Or possibly wed. We don't know.
2: Yeah, right. Exactly. But wait a minute. Also the kids with the foster parents, I got the impression that Well
1: she's if dead. she's unwed, if she's she is dead, but if yeah. she is unwed, where
0: is the dad? No, the father Why? died too. It is stated. That yeah. Lori Strode and her husband died in a car crash. Now, right. what I don't know is if the baby was had in or out of wedlock. I don't know if little Jamie's a bastard. But what I do know is there were two parents in the situation when they died in a car wreck eleven months before this. Movie mm. and
2: all the pictures she has of her mother are from 1978 Halloween, <laughs> as opposed to all those <laughs> years when they were babies <laughs> right, and to right. hanging out together. But that's that uh, made me laugh.
1: A baby book would normally have a pictures of of her as a baby and you know the the mother pregnant. And instead, yes, it was a snapshot or even a still from the movie Halloween. Oh, it wasn't that, a still. Come on, it was a publicity photo shoot.
2: Yeah, there you go. It was a publicity <laughs> photo. It, was, it yeah. reminded me of the Sarah Connor photograph from the Terminator. Um, -hmm. and also I love the fact that she has a picture of her uncle Michael in, in the family photo box. You know, you think of all the photos that they probably throw away, that might be the one.
0: Especially since Laurie Strode moved on, never knowing she was adopted. Where did the picture of uncle Michael come from? did the Strodes decide maybe someday she'll want a picture of her crazy murderous uncle when he was just a lad.
2: (laughs) How funny it would have been if you had the mask on in the, in the photo, wouldn't it be really funny?
1: (laughs) It's good to have roots. I think, uh, I think it's important. She knows where she comes from, uh, which she does find out in the course of this movie, I suppose. But you know what? I'm going to say a lot of negative things about the movie, but one thing I'm not going to criticize is the actress, Danielle Harris playing Jamie. I thought for a kid actor, Particularly kid actors in horror movies She's pretty good She may be the best actor in this Because there is some horrible acting in this movie But Danielle Harris has got real poise She's a cute kid My only beef really is that she seems to be channeling Carol Ann from Poltergeist But that's more a directing choice than on her She's a good crier too
2: Yeah, she also screams on cue pretty well And you um, actually felt that she was terrified Which was a, a nice touch for a kid in a horror movie I, I want to go back real quick to what you said about bad acting. Right off the top of this movie, we had that security guard when they're laying those two people in to transfer Michael Myers out of the sanitarium.
0: Can I just say, why are they transferring him again?
2: That's my point. <laughs> to <laughs> another <you>
0: sanitarium.
2: <laughs> to, get, just... to get rid of uh, Loomis, I think. They, the, the plot point was, <laughs> so Loomis would retire or die. That's what the guy said. Yes.
1: yes. Um, it, it wasn't they were trying to get rid of Michael Myers. They were, tire- they were trying to get rid of Donald Pleasance. And boy... <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I think if you're trying to transfer Michael
0: Myers at this point, you pull out the Silence of the Lamb shit. You get the wheel cart and the
1: mask and the straight jacket. You don't just t- put him on a gurney. No, he was unrestrained. I'm like, you would restrain anybody if they're being transferred in a car. I mean, for their safety, not to mention your own in this case. But I, I'm did, totally baffled. You daff- did catch the reference, though. He hadn't moved in 10 years. He'd b- Yes, but if you're moving a comatose person in a moving vehicle, you might want to secure them so that when it moves around, they don't get bumped. Yeah, well, you don't really care about Michael Myers. <laughs> well, okay. All right. But I, All right. I was confused. He's in a coma? Is that what we're to understand? He's in a coma. A coma brought on by being burned? Who goes into a burn coma? I mean, am I'm, I'm confused from the get-go. I'm like, this is sloppy. It's lazy. It's someone willing Michael Myers back onto the scene when there's no logical point. It insults our intelligence and that my intelligence would would not be, get finished being insulted until the end credits on this one.
0: Well, I, I couldn't tell if he was in a coma or if he was just in a catatonic state as Michael's want to do. But then of course he finds out, "Ooh, I still have blood relatives." So that wakes him up. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. The security guard in the
2: elevator seemed to know a lot of information. He was that classic guy <laughs> who knows too much information like always reminded of Wayne's World, you know. It seemed extraneous at the time. And he also knew he was in a horror movie, that one actor. It really made me laugh. But the fact that they they even started in a sanitarium transform, that's where we started the first movie. That's where I started going back to the whole idea of the tra- I think you're right, Arnie, that it's a it's a formula. But I think not only is it a formula at this point, because they do call back, it's been 10 years, this and that. But the first movie wasn't, they they were going to transfer Michael, they were going to get him and he, he escaped from the sanitarium the first time, I think, because they were, weren't they going to move him anyway at that, in that first movie? Potato, potato. Okay, exactly. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. So, um... <laughs> So apparently also that that fire that put Michael Myers in a comatose state also gave Donald Pleasance a limp. So
1: it's a magical (laughs) fire. And some terrible facial makeup. I got to say – Poor, poor job on the special effects unit for that one.
0: Yeah, it does look like they just slapped it on with some chewing mm-hmm. gum before each shot.
1: Yeah, no, it looks like <laughs> Halloween kit makeup that you would get for your home to, you know, to play, you know, a pirate or something with a scar. It's It was poor, very poor. <laughs>
0: And he also has a raspy voice, so this is something that's going to continue throughout the series, and I'm kind of sad saying this, but I truly don't know if Donald Pleasance's health was in decline at this point, or if he's trying to portray Loomis as weakened. I I can't figure that out.
1: Yeah, maybe a little bit of both. Maybe he's playing to his own... Condition, but and indeed, I guess if we're to believe that Loomis survived at all, we can accept that he's in horrible health, uh, because the man was just burned, you know, to bits in part at the end of part two. It wouldn't make any sense that someone would live, walk around, be cognizant after sustaining injuries like that.
0: And only one cheek is burned. Yeah, sure, his hand <laughs> and things, but of the whole face, one cheek. That's not too bad. I'd expect, you know, you could have almost done a uh, Halloween versus Freddy Krueger here with Loomis mrs burns and they didn't go that way
1: yeah well yeah. and of course you know he's he's telling them they're you know this is awful you're all going to die blah 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 as they're putting him in the uh, ambulance carting him away and when you know it michael wakes up and sticks his thumb through a guy's forehead
0: mm-hmm. okay
1: i uh, that was unusual uh, is this, this new methodology there so we're to accept that he's superhuman strength even though he was just laying there is all a trick and the uh, ambulance is found in the lake. My, my favorite part of all of this, the police don't even want to check how many bodies were there. <laughs> A mass murderer is being transported 10 years after he killed you know, dozens of people and they don't even want to see if his body is there. Yeah. Well, maybe
2: they don't want to face the truth or something, you know?
1: This is what I'm talking about being insulted by intelligence. I mean, say what you will about the movie Scream. I know people th- some people thought it was too clever, what have you. But at least raised the bar again on the iq of watching a horror movie it at least asked us to believe in intelligent people that did rational things and questioned the illogical in this movie i feel like time and time again characters are making decisions based on what the producer wants to happen and not because it would ever really happen And to be fair, this movie was written in 11 days to meet the deadline of a writer's strike. So they went forward with what is essentially a first draft that was not ready to film.
0: I guess we can blame the writer's strike for
1: part of this, but then the sequels after this don't have
0: that wonderful
1: excuse. No, they don't. And uh, we'll see if they're any better. I'm not going to comment on that now. All I can say is that maybe they were right in that everyone was ready to see Michael Myers again after the dunderheaded, bizarre left field turn that Halloween 3 was. (laughs) But you know what? The nostalgia for him is almost completely gone uh, after the first 10 minutes. I knew instantly this was not the same vehicle. This was not the same Michael terrible mask, not the same feeling. Well,
0: you had to know that immediately because, again, what what did we say in the previous podcast? One of the great things about this series is that John Carpenter score. And when this thing starts, it just starts with some boring, dull horror theme. And nowhere is the Carpenter style to be found. Now, sure, they whipped it out for a few action scenes here and there, but the whole opening credits was completely gone. And if you just watch the opening credits of the Two movies, Halloween 1 and Halloween 4, right there you can tell which
1: one's better. Yeah, there's not even a pumpkin in the opening. This is the first Halloween movie with no pumpkin opening. Now, after Michael escapes the ambulance crash that he caused, he
0: then seeks out a mechanic. Yes. <laughs> he, he has to have the blue
1: coveralls, yes. and he will kill to get them. That's what I mean. It's a fashion statement at this point. It's not logical. It's, he's, you know, he's he's dressing to the nines so that he can look right for Halloween.
0: What I don't get, though, is he stabs the mechanic, I believe, through the stomach or the chest. Yep. I agree. And, and yet there's no tears or blood on his outfit. Did he then go go to the laundromat after the mechanic.
2: He actually put on his thimble and sewed this thing shut. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I noticed the same thing. I thought he sat right through the chest and I'm like... Wait a minute. I also think, talking about logical at the gas station, when Loomis finally catches up to him, the truck runs over what the hose of the <laughs> gas pump and the thing yes. bursts into such an explosion, I was like, cool, <laughs> but what?
0: I was surprised they had the budget for that, actually.
1: Yeah, it's power just- lines are falling down. And that was the one moment in Halloween 2 that didn't feel in sync with Halloween was there's a scene where a kid gets run over by a car and it crashes into Into another car and it blows up in a giant fireball and it felt like one of those hollywood action uh moments that just doesn't have realism to it it was like it was too much it was over the top it shouldn't have been done in halloween 2 and in this one they just kept doing it yes a gas station exploding as michael drives away is ridiculous One thing I would say was interesting that they didn't keep around long enough. As Michael's being transported, his face is bandaged, presumably because it's still burnt off. Would it have been something if they had waited a little bit longer for him to get that white mask or maybe didn't give him the white mask at all? I was kind of cool with the bandages. I thought at least it looked, it gave us some kind of distinction. In a character that doesn't have much personality, I was relieved to see him look a little different this time.
0: Well, at this point, the mask is him. I mean, the same way that Jason is the hockey mask. This is Michael. So I think that it's smart to get that mask on him as quickly as possible because while it may not satisfy what you're looking for is something original, it satisfies what the audience is wanting, which is something familiar.
1: Yes. I mean, it is a return. That is what they're promising. That is what they're dangling in front of us, is we're going to do everything that you loved about the first one, except they don't really understand how the first one worked because they didn't include the people that made the first one. You see, here's
0: the thing, though. To go back to what you guys were talking about, about the gas station and the power grid, the thing that makes this series not work for me, and I'm just talking about the series, here is including the first one is I don't find suburbia that frightening and they have to go through such great lengths Michael is not only smart and not only impervious to damage he's also fucking Lex Luthor when it comes to how he's planning these attacks yes absolutely I am going to take out the entire city's power grid by throwing a body at the right spot, and then I'm going to take out the entire city's telephones and I'm going to do this by driving my stolen truck from point a to point b to point c i mean he is executing a plan that nothing when you see him on screen there is no semblance of the intelligence that is going into these plots that he is doing and the first one it wasn't that bad because all the parents were out at that swing party and the neighbors didn't answer the door it got worse in part two when he had to take down the power to a hospital now he's disabling a city
2: i think what's terrifying about suburbia arnie and i think what I understand it to be is suburbia is a place where you're supposed to feel safe and secure and not have to worry about you know people coming into your homes and murdering you. Now of course we know that those things do happen and that's a shame. But I think that's where the terror is that you're supposed to feel safe here and no matter where you go you can't because this guy keeps coming after you. That's the that's the terror.
1: Absolutely. I mean the old world thinking was you never you didn't go in the city because that's where all the criminals were. Suburbia protects you from crime and evil and violence. So yeah. It was this myth in America that if you lived in suburbia, you lived in an insulated environment. And I think, Arnie, we grew up in that environment. As we've already stated, we grew up in Haddonfield. That was part of what was so appealing about Halloween, particularly at a young age, was that it did feel like it was happening in my backyard and that I could be Next.
0: but the thing is when you're walking down a dark alley single guy is very frightening when you're in a large crowd it's not so frightening the first Halloween did work even though it was in suburbia because again no one was home and it was you know the whole babysitter home alone thing and you right. go with it but when you try to up the stakes and isn't that what sequels always do is what well, we gave them that last time now we need to up the stakes the body count has to be higher the explosions have to be bigger the deaths have to be bloodier I don't know if this is Mustafa or or Hollywood in general, but that is the what sequels do. And once you turn on a light in this situation, it's no longer frightening. And so to make it
1: frightening, again, he has to be Lex Luthor. Well, I think your criticisms are specifically about Halloween 4. You cited all, the whole Halloween series, but we we're only at for, part 4. And it may be true for the later ones, but uh, in the defense of Halloween 1 and 2, I don't feel like Michael was doing the kind of uh, Machiavellian plotting That he's doing here.
0: In two, he started it. In two, he started when he took out the security guard and the phones.
2: I see Arnie's point completely. The fact of the matter is this guy had a a game plan, which is insane that this guy had a game plan. Of course, he has 10 years to think about it in a Coma Toast state. So maybe that's what he was thinking about the whole time. And
0: he was studying city maps to know exactly where the power grid is. (laughs) And he was borrowing, you know, the city planners diagrams for the phone grid. I mean, it's bullshit. It is bullshit.
1: It it it, it, in Halloween does not work when we're asked to think about the events from the point of view of Michael Myers. The focus was the point of view was never his to begin with. The point of view was Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode. She was the point of view of Halloween. Michael Myers was a shape. He was the embodiment of evil. He didn't have a personality. He didn't think. He wasn't someone you characterized. He was just the thing that was going to terrorize her that represented male evil on this virginal woman. And that was the point of view. Now that we were spending all this time with Donald Pleasants and Michael and Michael's big plan to get a child, it's all out of whack. It doesn't make sense. It has to be from the point of view of the victim. And because they made it a pre-sexual girl, not even a a, a woman who is having boyfriend troubles or is virginal and, and making it the morality tale that these slasher movies tend to be. By making it a pre-sexual little girl, you have no point of view.
0: That was weird to me. When I first saw this movie back in the, I think, 90s, I just found it. It's so weird that the target was a seven-year-old, because in just about every single horror movie I've ever seen, it's a teenager, and it's her friends getting killed. In this case, it was her older sister's friends getting killed, and it was just a very weird thing, but yet I got to thinking, and they were doing this kind of thing, I don't know if they were trying to up the game, Pet Cemetery came out around this time, Child's Play, all these things with the little child in danger.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was a bold move, and it doesn't work.
0: <laughs> nice try. Next,
1: yeah. Although I like the actress, I felt like whatever fault you could have for the setup, it really isn't her fault. Uh, I can see why they cast her. She projected the fear you wanted to see in a in a child victim. The question is, do you really want to see a man whose whose sexual impulses lead him to murder to stalk a pre sexual child?
0: But he was a pre sexual child when it all began, right? So... And he, but right
1: so but he killed his sexually active sister on halloween and yeah i mean that goes back to the whole morality
0: have sex and die and obviously little jamie isn't going to have sex
1: right so they've given her this foster sister who i hate it can i just say rachel had nothing on Lori, who is this very wan stand-in for jamie lee curtis she just has no charisma this girl looks like she should be on an abc sitcom like full house or something like I was going
2: to say Three's Company is one of Jack Tripper's girlfriends.
1: Yeah, yeah. She's that just bland. got... She's bland as hell. I mean, and the, and we were given no reason to like her other than the fact that she keeps insisting for the first half of the damn movie she's going to take the girl to get ice cream. I'm like, get in a fucking scoop already. I'm so tired of you talking about this ice cream. It's a movie about ice cream for the first half fucking hour. It's like, you want to get some ice cream? Okay! And, and like, just get it there like that is not going to make me love this ripoff of jamie lee curtis i am not going to like her
2: i didn't get why the little girl is so attached to this older woman when she's only been around her for 11 months i didn't understand the relationship I didn't understand why again none of the parents were gonna be home on Halloween. They had an argument the morning of Halloween. I have plans <laughs> tonight, but we're going out tonight. What what kind of parents are these? These are foster parents. Who's gonna take this calf for trick or treating? So finally when sure. they had the conversation in the bedroom, I'm gonna take it or treating. I'm like, finally, thank God, someone's treating this kid
0: like a girl finally. I think you're going over the top here. I mean, honestly, the father had a work meeting and so they said to the teenage oh, daughter, We supersede you, you stay home and take her trick or treating apparently. It's mandated that, and I'm going to the top. Well, here seriously, on this. <laughs> I mean, you're 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 nitpicking on something that was explained in the movie, and you're like treating it like it's a holy sin. Oh God, no one was going to take her trick or treating. No, no. Oh, no. I'm oh. no, you know,
2: I'm it with Brock, no. mother. This is for the chick chick. first treating, right? There's where, the first was
1: two the movies. Famously, yes.
2: Where the hell are the parents? And until the until like one or one or two of the you know the cop had a kid, whatever. That's different. They see one or two parents, but for the most part, in this movie as well, until the end, when we finally get a set of concerned parents. But at the end, they finally come back and try to help. But for the most part, again, the parents are absent. It's like a Charlie Brown special, for God's sake. Where the hell are the parents? And when these – especially this little girl on Halloween. So it is. in this particular little girl on Halloween, you would think – you would think that they would find a way to stay with this particular little girl. They're setting this whole thing up about this character here, but they don't follow through. That is the point I'm trying to make, aren't you?
1: Yeah, it's her first Halloween with her foster family, and they can't be bothered with taking her trick or treating. But they love her
2: so much, and and she has such a big connection to them. That doesn't make all these things don't fit together. No, and and that's part of the reason I think you know, as Stuart was talking about how we don't care about this or there's no connection to things. It's things like that for me that made it disjointed and unconnected.
0: I just I may be reading into this, but the fact that Lori used to babysit Rachel and everything just made me, and the fact that you. never hear of foster children being placed with acquaintances unless the families were close you know i i just take it as the families were close and that so she knew all these people before the death hence the attachment to the
1: rachel but you're actually incorrect the rachel is not the one it's her friend that's taking her to the costume shop it's it's another character rachel is not the character that jamie lee curtis babysat in the original no, I never – no, but Rachel
0: said that she was babysat by Lori. It's not the oh, okay. same girl from the original. Uh-huh. It's – you know, Lori had no, more but- than one child she babysat for. She needed more money. She was baby having a baby after she had her own kids.
1: Although they do put – as a funny joke, they do put the girl that she did babysit in there as the one driving them to the costume shop, which I thought, would you ever celebrate Halloween again or encourage it in others if you had been terrorized <laughs> by a serial killer on Halloween? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. And on that
2: same, and on that same thought, you would think in a town that was terrorized by a guy in that mask, that mask would not still be sold at the local Halloween shop. You think not. You You would think not. not, but yet it's right there on the shelf. I thought that was funny and uh i love that she picked out a clown outfit and i thought you know that was kind of i don't know for me that that worked i mean i thought that worked for, and then of course later on it comes back in but i for me when she picked it out i'm like interesting
1: i agree that, that was the that was the first good decision they made in the movie was that like oh we're harkening back to the idea and foreshadowing the idea that this little girl, uh, who is the, you know, niece of Michael Myers has the evil gene. That it's something genetic, that there is something within her that is going to bloom and grow and that she has the potential to be as lethal a killer as he is now. And they do that by having her select out of all the Halloween costumes on the rack, including a garbage pail kids outfit. Yes. I'm like, how yes. could you pass that up? Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she picks the same outfit that he wore 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I guess it would have been uh, to kill his older sister.
0: I actually thought that was a great callback and I'd forgotten where this story goes, which is, let's blow it now, little Rachel, after Mike Myers falls down a well, decides to put on the clown outfit and attack her mother just like her uncle did at the beginning of the first movie. I thought that was great, but I didn't see it coming at this point. I'm just like, oh, they did a callback to the clown outfit. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yes.
1: I agree. In a movie where very great. little is subtle, that was a nice, subtle foreshadowing for where they wanted to take this series, or at least where I thought they wanted to take this series. More on that later. Yeah,
2: not, on, not only that, like during the course for the movie I remember commenting to myself that she kept the actual face mask around her neck and I thought that was a weird choice but why would she do that and then when they bring it back and they do the mask shot over the camera again I it was like oh that's why she kept the mask around her neck and that also worked for me because it didn't you know it was I, I guess I should have seen it coming but I, then again the movie didn't really make me think that they would even go there so bravo to them for that one thing they did right it was fun to see that mask over the camera shot
0: again. Now let me ask you she becomes the killer at the end, kills her mother, presumably foster mother is the evil transferred because she touches michael's hand is it a physical transference like a virus and she should have used some hand wipes or <laughs> is it that he died and so the spirit i mean obviously i'm just asking your guys's opinion the movie doesn't say but based on what
2: we learn in the next movie i think it was transferred and once that he's dead it activates in her because she touched him and it was transferred or something but she was okay she was still a little girl and then once he was dead in the well or something she goes home and then she turns evil you know what I mean And then the next movie, we'll talk about that later, but that's how I took it. Once he's dead, it activates in her, but once he's alive, it's not activated.
1: Yeah, I I got a similar sense that obviously it's very ambiguous, but that uh, there was something that happens in the final moments where she touches him, that uh, the shape, since he is not really a person anyway, that Michael Myers is the empty vessel by which pure evil, as Donald Pleasence has always want to tell us, evil has jumped into the body now of an innocent again yet again that the cycle is forming it happened before it's happening now it could happen again begging the question of course what is the shape of evil really
2: so there's two scenes that we definitely need to talk about before we stop talking about halloween 4 and the first one of those two is the rooftop chase while watching this it was clear they were only like three feet off the ground but it was a cool idea for a cool chase sequence I actually got into it what once I turned my brain off from you know looking at the obvious not a real rooftop it was really fun to you know how they played with the idea of crawling up a thing and having her on the girl's back and having Michael chase them. and they I really think they did everything they could to make that scene as suspenseful as possible and actually dug it I thought it was fun but again it was clearly not a real roof
0: I don't know I think by this point in the movie i'd kind of checked out I, I i was not able to enjoy anything in this movie actually i can tell you the exact moment that i hit the stop button in my mind and it's where michael is fighting the cheating boyfriend of rachel and they're in front of this huge plate glass window and yeah, he doesn't get thrown through it <sighs> I, mean, I, I would have made the movie for you? Honestly, <laughs> at that point, I'm like, you can't do anything right. You've got a huge plate glass window right in center frame. You know, <laughs> if you don't throw him through it, you just don't know how to make a movie. And these people didn't know how to make a movie. And after they didn't throw him through the plate glass window, I was just like, I just want this to be over now. I didn't even get to see a guy go through a window. Mm,
1: yeah, I agree. There, There's very little pleasure to watching this. I would like just to bring up, just for the sake of bringing it up, I felt like we did see one original thing in a kill just prior to that. Um, It should be said most of the second half of the movie takes place in the sheriff's house. Little Jamie and Rachel have uh, been put into police custody inside the house. Along with Rachel's soon-to-be ex-boyfriend and the sheriff's <laughs> daughter, who is a slut that uh, has seduced him, and he, you know, would rather spend Halloween having sex with her than trick or treating with Rachel and her foster sister.
0: Can I second that motion?
1: She doesn't wear pants. How can he not go for a girl who doesn't wear pants?
0: And she doesn't wear pants with her
1: dad home. At least I th- would have thought <laughs> she'd slither some jeans on at that point. But my point is. This is the first time I think Correct me if I'm wrong in a Halloween movie We've seen Michael kill someone And we want him to do it We're actually on Michael's side He takes a shotgun And shoves it through her stomach And sticks her in the wall And we're meant to think she totally deserved that Because she's uh, you know, A man eater that took away Rachel's boyfriend
0: What about some of those people in part 2 Like the skeezy guy who died around the hot tub
1: I don't know that being sex or skeezy really makes you totally hate a character and want them to die. You may predict that, that means they're going to die. It becomes obvious that, oh, that's the cliche. Well, they're asking for it. But I don't know that you're rooting for them to die. This is the first time where I felt like, get him, Michael. Get her. Get her off the screen. And that's a turn of events that must have been influenced, I'm thinking, by the fact that other serial killer franchise had become that as well. That J. That Freddie, that some of the other ones, the audience isn't there to watch a victim escape. The audience is there to watch the Figure of horror, mangle, dismember, and creatively kill despicable people.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're an avatar for the viewer. This bitch took my boyfriend in high school, and now he's killing a person who represents that bitch.
1: But Halloween never was that series up until this point. That's my point. That's the point I'd like to make. It never was that series until this moment.
0: I think you're right, yes.
1: Yep. And that's, I think, a significant turn of events— I always liked Halloween because it was victim-oriented, because we were rooting for someone that was being terrorized, not because we're rooting for someone to terrorize someone. Uh, it's a big distinction for me. And I, I mean, I don't think that was the moment I stopped liking the movie. I never liked this movie. But it definitely was a, a turning point where I felt like, oh, it's just going to be like every other slasher movie now.
2: The second scene I think we should I like to talk about is the last scene, the the truck chase with the uh, – the. I love the drunken hillbilly mother. Mob that was awesome. Can I say um,
0: about the drunken hillbilly mob? They bothered
1: me. Okay. And the reason being, I think we can all say that Arnie. <laughs> yes. The reason Let's say being in unison and often. <laughs> yes. <laughs> after all the police, after all the police are killed, Loomis decides the best thing to do because it's really Loomis, Donald Pleasance, riling them to form a lynch mob to go out there in their pickup trucks. And take care of business, redneck style.
0: Yeah, but my problem is this is no longer suburbia. Now it's Hicksville.
1: Exactly. I agree. They don't know what the Midwest is. That's definitely what I got the sense of. Yeah, it doesn't look like the Midwest. The sense of the fall leaves, cut changing color, and all of that. It doesn't feel like Halloween. And they think that real old country rubes, who are Arkansas stereotypes, live in Central Illinois. But <laughs> yeah, yes, clearly these are made by people that don't understand. What what goes on in the Midwest, and they think they think that it's it's all just that. Because, honestly, where we grew up is
0: where we said the first movie took place. You couldn't organize a lynch mob of gun-toting, pickup-driving rednecks in our old hood. No, no,
1: no. The Indeed. best you
0: could do is get the Mercedes mob going. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so anyway, they had them. They had them. They had the, them. Drive the girls out of town. While the National Guard, or the marshal's office were going towards town, and Michael inexplicably pulls an Indiana Jones and climbs up the side of the truck when no one saw him, and comes in the back of the truck and rips someone's head off, clean off their body. Was which was amazing. It, it was just one of those scenes that I. He took out the entire truck full of stuntmen. I'm sorry, hillbillies. <laughs> it, it, it was just. It was just remarkable
0: i'm watching this movie with my wife and they're driving away from town and i'm like well they've escaped michael and i turn to her and go you know there's people in the back of that pickup truck there's cars driving past the pickup truck if michael's on that pickup truck i'm gonna be really pissed that nobody saw him and as <laughs> if on cue up came michael <laughs> Was he hanging on underneath? Was he hanging on the side? We have no idea where he comes from, but he pops up. At this point, and- the The audience doesn't care. The writer knew the audience wouldn't care. And so Michael's on the truck, even though it makes no fucking sense. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I will say this, though, that head crush thing was the best kill in the movie as far as just the sheer execution of uh, special effects and gore was the nastiest.
2: It's awesome. I like that a lot. And then they go to this, I don't know, uh, the, off the side of the road and they like, the cops find them. They were all going the other way. There, all the cops are there. And then Michael falls into what I thought was like a grave or a well or something.
0: I thought it was a grave, but I don't understand why there's a grave with a wooden top, so I obviously wasn't paying that close of attention or thinking it through.
1: I thought it was a mine, but just just for the sake of debate, I'm going to introduce that it was a mine. I don't know what they're mining in central Illinois.
0: Actually, <laughs> there's a lot of coal mines here. Okay. All right. So, in, in the defense, maybe it was a coal mine. Where was the
1: corn? That's all I want to know. <laughs> Where was the corn? At no point did we see one stalk of corn. It's because they shot this movie in Utah and not in Illinois. You wouldn't have been able to keep corn out of the dam. (laughs) They'd have to detassel Halloween 4. There's so much corn if they had shot it on location. But they did. Here's my thing about all the cops shooting
0: Michael into the well or the grave or whatever. The hole. They shoot Michael. We've seen this happen before. I thought the same thing when Loomis was shooting at him at the gas station. How many bullets is the man going to have to take? It's like shooting at Superman to go back to the Lex Luthor Superman thing. Bullets aren't going to stop him. And yet at the end the movie Bullets Stop Him. I'm confused. Yes. Is it that they don't even want to fake kill him anymore? <laughs> they just are gonna say he's still alive
1: for the next one. And it passes the Loomis test. I mean, that's what should be made remarkable. Is here's a here's Donald pleasance who spends the whole movie poo-pooing anyone that thinks that this is containable, controllable, that Michael has been stopped, or that he's not a threat. He's there. Oh, he cannot be stopped. Hell will not have him. It is the worst thing ever. Blah blah blah. Okay. Okay, and he's cool with this too. The guy falls down a well, and he's cool with that. He's like, "Ah, oh, it's over." No, he
2: says, <laughs> "No, he says he's he's back to hell or something."
1: Right, he, right. Where does he think the well or mine goes? How deep? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's deep enough, and I think. I think what they were trying to set up here is that they really wanted to establish that Michael was dead and that the shape, the shape of evil, had shifted to his niece. Right. And that that's was what, what we, we were really supposed to mean from that. If you, if that's what they meant, the death should have been a lot more final. I mean, I needed to see, I don't know, Michael, like, I don't know, put through a, a combine or something. I needed to see him minced. <laughs> I needed to see particles. I needed to understand that with, there was no more humanoid shape to this evil and that it would have to reform in order to keep going because as long as there are four appendages and a head, this thing is going to keep moving. And falling down a well is the same as being caught on fire in a in a hospital or anything else that it could cook up. It's just just what's stopping him this year. There'll be another Halloween and there'll be another resurrection.
0: And you saying that reminds me of that scene in Jason X where they're studying Jason to find out why he can recuperate. Why the hell didn't they do that on Michael the past
1: 10 years? You would think science would want to get involved at this point. They would be going down into that well and getting some answers about sustaining life. He could probably cure cancer if bullets can't stop him. It's it's evil.
2: (laughs) evil cancer. So, we've come to the end of our conversation I think. Uh, why don't we just do it for the sake of consistency? Stuart, Arnie, do you recommend Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers?
1: <laughs> Stuart, no, of course not. It's uh <laughs> It, it goes without saying that, the, like I said, within seconds, certainly minutes, you know you have not returned to John Carpenter's creation. And that's the return we wanted to see. We wanted to see a return to the scary, horrific Haddonfield story that Carpenter could have done had Akkad even listened to him. And instead, we got amateurs taking the reins and making what they thought the series should be or was, and, and just proving that Akkad had no idea what he had. And had no handle on it. And it's a shame. The only thing I can say is that it seems to be that the series is at least tipping into something new and different by changing it up and making Michael not the primary figure but in fact shifting the evil to Denise. Maybe that goes somewhere. We'll have to find out in the next one. But for part four, god no. Don't do it. Arnie. I'm torn to be perfectly honest. I am From s-
0: limb to limb if you say this is good <laughs> I am so close to recommending ending this (laughs) and let me explain my reasoning Uh. if you're watching halloween 4 you're not expecting art you know what you've come for this ain't your first rodeo so at this point the question is is it satisfying on that level is it satisfying to get your jollies off seeing these kids murdered and unfortunately the answer is no but there's so much here that is almost good i really love the ending where little Jamie is now a killer. I love that. It is such a turn-it-on-its-ear moment that just makes you bang on the door for a sequel to find out, oh my god, did they really do that? It, I mean, it's a mind fuck of an ending. And I love that. And I liked some of the things that they were doing. I felt that Laurie Strode having a daughter is a real stretch, and Michael Myers I have to hunt down my niece? I mean, eventually, is it Michael Myers? I must find my second cousin once removed on my father's side i mean it gets a little bit hokey but it, in a romantic comedy you know how they're gonna end up together is getting their fun and unfortunately this one just ain't and there's just a lot of not fun in it but It's certainly not the worst of the series, but I admire it for trying to do the things it tried to do, but it just didn't try to do enough of them. So just, you know, it's almost a split decision just coming
1: down on a hair of not recommend. Wow. I I, just to interject there, I want to say I actually think it's the worst of the four movies we've seen by far.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to fall in between the both of you because although I had a lot of complaints about this movie and I certainly did not like a lot of things and I certainly laughed my head off a few times as I've mentioned some of those parts – but this movie, to me, as I mentioned, I thought was really much a lot of rehash of the first one of it. Arnie, I think, correctly pointed out it was the formula. And this time is it was a formula movie or it was when it became that. Uh, the series became that a little bit. And for me, coming off the third one, I was pretty happy they went back to Haddonfield and started doing the same kind of stuff that we liked in the first two, albeit nowhere near as well. So, to me, it's kind of like Jurassic Park 3 in that you <laughs> knew it wasn't Good, but you enjoyed it while you were watching it for 90 minutes, knew it what it had to do, and it went about doing it, and logic be damned, it was gonna give you the parts that you wanted to see coming into a Halloween movie. I do miss the clever shots and the setups and the and the reveals. I missed all of that, but I was really happy it went back to Michael Myers. So I, I'm going to be this ever so sliver that Arnie was on the other side. I'll give it that one little sliver of you can do a lot worse. We've seen a lot of worse movies in our retrospective series as a whole. So, I'm going to give a small, slight, tiny bit recommendation that, yeah, go check this one out. If you enjoyed the first two and see how bad it is, you might enjoy it. It's not as bad as you might think, but it's nowhere near as good as the first one or, or, you know, or the second one, really. So there you go. I want to thank you all for listening to us today. If you enjoyed our podcast, please go to www.nowplayingpodcast.com and find our other episodes in this series and our other retrospective series that we have there. And please leave a review for us on iTunes so other people like yourself can find us and enjoy our podcasts and I encourage you to go to our forums and discuss this with other listeners and you can find a link to our forums on our homepage well I want to thank you Arnie and Stuart for joining me today
0: no problem thanks happy to be living in Haddonfield
2: <laughs> and we will return when we get revenge of Michael Myers in Halloween 5 <laughs> see you guys then
1: what's the book you meant?
2: as a matter of fact it was Thank you for joining us for this installment of Now Playing's Halloween Retrospective. It's all over, my friend. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can listen to our other installments, as well as our Friday the 13th, House of a Thousand Corpses, Terminator, and Star Trek Retrospective series at our website, nowplayingpodcast.com. Now playing is a Vinganza Media production and is not affiliated with Compass International, Universal Pictures, Galaxy International Pictures, Dimension Films, Miramax Films, or The Weinstein Company. Michael Myers and all other Halloween characters and situations are copyright and trademarks of those companies, and no infringement is intended.
1: Please stop it. Stop
0: it now. Turn it off. Turn it off. Stop it. Stop it.
2: Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, and just a side note there was a blonde, mullet haired kid in the costume shop that was making out with the other girl. I was hoping that was William Zapka at first. I really but it thought wasn't. it was
0: Cobra Kai. Yeah, I yeah, had to look it I up. I really
2: was hoping it was him, but it wasn't him. And I'm like, oh, it's too bad. Anyway, um,. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw that in because I really sweep re- the
0: leg, Johnny.
2: <laughs> he because he was also in just one of the guys, and he was in European Vacation. He's an eighties dick, you know. He was just the guy.